Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Shortly, so it's been a bit crazy, but 
All in all, I can't complain. Okay, all right. What's uh, what's bringing about the relocation? Well, uh, I am now a, uh, a game, gainfully employed by the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And, oh, wow, um, Tar Heel country. Tar Heel, yeah. And so um, it's uh, – so it's a move that's technically happened, but with COVID, it hasn't physically happened. So now we're just pulling it all together. But it gets us closer to family and um, and all that stuff. And, you know, closer to college basketball. So I'm not mad at all, even though UNC's team right now is, good Lord. <laughs> it's not yeah, great. It's, not, it's I, not what you want to see. <laughs> no, and in my lifetime, I don't recall UNC having a stretch quite like this one. Like, yeah. they had a couple of down years back in the day where, like, um, the the young, the younger Capel was there. No, he was he had, mm-hmm. no, the younger Capel was at UNC, and then they had, like, J.P. Takoto and Kat Hughes from Wisconsin. That's the only reason I remember him. And, yeah. <laughs> but they kind of, like, bounced back after that. Like, I think Rashad McCants and, like, uh, Sean May and Ty Lawson and those yeah. guys came in after those dudes. They kind of picked it back uh-huh. up. But, yeah, yep. they've been in a bit of a, a, a downswing the last couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, it's so it's weird just coming from, you know, Texas where, you know, I love college basketball, but in Texas, you know, basketball is way down the line after football. And so to now to be in a place where everyone cares about basketball, like everyone, like yeah. old little old ladies at the supermarket know that NC State beat UNC and it's a damn shame uh-huh. and what's Roy doing? And I'm just like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> like this is yeah, this is what I need in my life. I need that that kind of stuff. Like they you need teaching boys how to box out. I'm like, mm, yep, you're right. We over here in the public right. just talking about offensive rebounding. That's this is what I'm here for. Outlet <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is Roy using his timeout sufficiently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, listen, it's it's not even a game. Like, I'm not joking. I will just casually drop something, and it will be just an old lady that just will give me the rundown. I'm like, mm, I don't know about so-and-so and this guy. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. It is different. It's just different down here, but I appreciate it. Right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. So for all the listeners out there, we got a we got a, a tradition that we've started the last couple of years on RSG. Sekou has a – Hip hop rundown year in year in review that he's been doing for a while. Um, yeah, and so he's brought that to our platform, uh, to the RSG platform. So we're happy to be like a space for him to kind of lay this all out and kind of share this with the world. So I'm gonna let him take mm-hmm. over and kind of set it up and get this thing rolling. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you know, right around October, November every year, I start to think about not only were the best albums I think that came out of the year but also what's a good way to think about the the whole year like really a wrap-up and you know skills does it and now I think Uncle Murder does like these wrap-ups which is a list but I try to think of a theme and based on some of our conversations and then you know when your mind just goes when you're on a run I started thinking about how this year was so different in part because it was kind of stripped down of a lot of things and it became really about the fundamentals and um, if there's, I think that you can see the, a similar vibe when you look into music and what are the albums that really stand out or were those that really had the basic fundamentals or were based on, you know, what I'll call hip-hop minimalism, right? So 
bars, beats, the artists themselves, uh, their way that they can compose songs, um, skits, you know, how clever they can be. All those things, I think, really shown because, you know, we're not in the club. We're not at barbecues. We're not at homecomings. We're not at these large gatherings where a lot of anthems are made that maybe don't have much of those fundamentals. And so what I did was think about how the NBA bubble also sort of uh, highlighted the fact that, you know, when you remove the crowds and you remove travel and you move all those things, when we looked at the NBA playoffs in 2020, it really was about who are the best teams and who are the best players. And I think the the talent kind of really shone out. And so I kind of broke down what I thought were the best albums of the year, thinking about the NBA bubble or the, 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 the hip hop bubble, so to speak. Um, and so I broke them down into uh, a couple of categories. Uh, the first are just the, the participants. <laughs> and so these are the teams like the Suns and the Spurs and the Kings and that were in the bubble, but really, you know, they were there just because people cared to watch them on TV maybe, and they had some stars, but they weren't probably, they were not planned on, on making the playoffs and probably weren't good enough to be there, but they're there. And uh, so for the bubble participant category, I only had two albums here, and this kind of hurt my heart to put these two albums here because they're both artists that I really, I really like, but their albums are kind of like, I, I listened to them on the strength of star power and never was I motivated to listen to them after, you know, aside from that. And those were uh, King's disease by Nas and uh, Ignatius by Jadakiss. So those are the two that I had in that category of they're there and people will tune in and they enjoy them. I mean, Devin Booker had some really nice moments in the bubble. I mean, people were like, oh, Booker, man, you know. Um, but no one was thinking like, oh, I think I think that the Suns are going to make a run, you know. But it was good to see them, enjoyed them, but um, they were really just participants. And that's what I think of those two albums. Yeah, I'm feeling – I'm. I, I, again, I, I, I told you prior to getting on the air that I love the format. I love the idea. I'm feeling both of those. We've talked about both of those projects. Um, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, if not for the names of the artists, you know, both of us kind of being, you know, 90s, early 2000s kind of cats as far as, like, our real heyday, like, really, 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 really being heads. Like, these are two really huge names from that era. And, you know, you put something out, you want to see if they still got it in. Eh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're spot on with that with, with with that critique. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you know, leveling up here. So those were kind of fringe participants. Now these are folks who are there, and again, expectations are are relatively low. But you know, lightning in a bottle strikes. You never know, right? So on any given day, any of these albums, I would listen to and just be totally engrossed by, or I would pick up an extra line or a hidden track and be like, man, this is good. But overall, the track list just wasn't enough to compete for the title. Um, and so in this one, I had five albums. And for very different reasons, all of these got put in there. And so Living Off Experience, the Locks album, Streams of Thought, Volume 3, that was the, the Black Thought kind of EP thing that he's doing. 
uh, Music to be Murdered by by Eminem, Good News by Megan Thee Stallion, and The Allegory, Royce the Five Nine. Now, I don't know if you've listened to all, all of these. Um, these were kind uh-huh. of like, all right, if you're a true hip-hop head, you've probably listened to all of them. If not, there's probably at least four of them you probably haven't even heard of. They're all good albums, and they all each have some really good moments. But, you know, I, I would find myself just not fully engaged for the whole album, or there were just some questionable choices for large swaths of the album that kind of knocked them off of the perch of being a true contender. Yeah, you can guess which one I ain't listened to. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> There's only one I did listen to, at least one. And oh, man. that's the Eminem album. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. Didn't I give you the, the tracks? I was like, There's like three or four. That yes, are really you did. Good. You did. You did. And, and you I just picked those out. Enough. And then, I, no, I just picked those out. I didn't listen to the whole joint, so I have no oh, opinion okay. on the actual project. I just took, okay. I just cherry picked the ones that you hit me up with, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's all. That's that's how I am with him. Like, give me the good joints, give me the highlights, and keep everything else. I don't need it. <laughs> it is, it is true. It is. Um. And so here's another thing that I find interesting. Um. Uh-huh. And man, I. So I, I obsess over these these lists, as my, my friends will tell you. Like, I'm thinking about them and writing them and rewriting them. I thought about doing, like, a by date because I think things that were dropped in February, March, April uh-huh. are almost, like, of a different era, right? Like, when Eminem was recording, he was recording this, and, you know, he didn't know what the world would be like when he released it. You know what I'm saying? Whereas ones yeah. that were released in October, November, you can tell that they were like, man, we're in the middle of some stuff. And that gets reflected. Yeah. And so it's a little unfair because I don't think Eminem would have released this album <laughs> at the beginning of a pandemic if he knew a pandemic was happening. But still in all, um, yeah, all, all these were good. I, did you listen to uh, Meg Thee Stallion's album? I gave it a once over. Um, yeah. I respect again. I respect Meg. I respect the heck out of her as an MC. Um, I think she's a she's a quality rapper. She's a good rapper. I can listen to her music. Um, it, again, it's just not. It's not for me. Um, so yeah. it's like there aren't moments where I'm connecting with the music in the way that I connect with other music. Um, mm-hmm. I get you know her audience loves her, and I don't know if I'm a part of that audience. Um, but I appreciate her being in the space and her kind of holding space. And so, like, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Like, I listened to it to see if there was anything that, like, again, would hit me, and none of it really did. Um, yeah. So then it was, like, kind of like, okay, so what's going to be the song that, you know, I coach girls basketball, I work in a high school, what's going to be the song that the, that, that the young ladies are going to be, like, this is their little anthem for the moment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I always, I, so I try to listen in that sense, like, okay, what, what, if I'm 16 mm. and I'm a girl, what am I going to like? Um, and I was wrong because I, I, I didn't like the body song, and that's the song. <laughs> that's the song. What? That's what was catchy as hell. Yeah. You you wouldn't is, have been able I to just, pick I that one out. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 admit, I was like, eh, I don't know. But then it works, so... <laughs> And that's the thing of knowing your audience. Like you, I mean, yeah. you know, she got the little dance to it, and it just worked. So, yeah, hey. 
this hers is probably the one that suffered the most from pandemic that's on this list. Yes. Like yes. if if we had a real summer, I think yes. um there'd be at least three or four additional songs that um whether I liked it or not would have become just totally uh, embedded into my subconscious because they would have just been run everywhere, especially in Texas. That was the other thing. Like I've had Meg the Stallion. Um, just I've I've had to listen to it all the time just because of where I am, and so I've I've come to appreciate her in a way that I'm sure I wouldn't have if I lived in you know Wisconsin, for example. So all right, yeah, um, yeah, and I so I, that's, I think you know not walking the halls of a high school every day. For a living, I, I probably th- that that album probably would have resonated with me in a different way. Um, okay. So, all right. So here's where we get to um, kind of the heavy hitter. So um, I have the the contenders. So these are the teams that were good. These are the Bucks, the Raptors, the Rockets, and the Clippers. Um, they were good enough to make it to the bubble conference semifinals um they ultimately lost out in my view to albums that really consisted of some breakout performances right much like these teams lost to teams that on paper maybe looked the same but when they actually faced off you saw that uh there were some issues and and we talked that nauseam about the clippers that was and continues to be just a hilarious saga i can't believe the finals are in recent memory and the season has started again. It's just the strangest yeah. thing. <laughs> it, it truly is. It truly is. Yeah. I think just free agency was like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I look at the like team. Three weeks ago. I look at, I mean, I just finished watching the Knicks. Uh, my, my made it to 500 New York Knickerbockers um, handily beat the hey. undefeated Cleveland Cavaliers. So I, I'll count that. Hey, anyway, I can't take they were the 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 I almost thought that was a dream, but um, yeah, I'm watching a team and I'm like, I, I don't, you can tell from them. They're almost like, is this the season? Like, is this for real? Like, do these count? Like some of the guys are out there looking just like they're still on vacation. Like I, I didn't even yeah. know Dante Exum. Have you seen him? Nah. Only I did not recognize him. I didn't know who he was. He he oh, he has really? put on at least thirty pounds. He looks awful. Wow! <laughs> was wow! Like, all right, Exum is not ready for the season. I was like, that was the springy, spry, like thin. Yeah. Like he, yeah. He's he looked like uh, I can't even tell you who he looked. He just looked like a a, a twelve year veteran that's out there, you know, <laughs> collected a check on a bad team. It was crazy. <laughs> all right, well, sorry, I got distracted. All right, so anyway, the the contenders here. I have three. Um, so it's Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs. That was a relatively recent one, so I had to kind of deep dive into that one recently. Uh, Detroit 2, Big Sean. And what I think is a sleeper album that I listened to early on, thought really highly of, came back to it, because I was like, man, I wonder if this really stacks up. And it does, and that's ADHD by Joyner Lucas. So those were my three kind of bubble contenders albums that, I think a really good uh, on their own, obviously also three artists that really care about lyricism, right? To get back to that minimalism piece, these are all three folks who care a lot about bars and putting words together and content and all that. Um, but, you know, when, I, when I, I'll go through the top four, these aren't as good as the top four, but they're still pretty good. 
Yeah, and I agree. Like, all three of those I, I really enjoyed and dug. Um, you know, uh, Freddie, the Gibbs Alfredo joint, I liked. I don't think I like it as much as everybody else like it because I like Gibbs mm-hmm. and Mad Lib so much. Like, Gibbs mm-hmm. and Mad Lib to me was just like, it was, it was like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was the best of Gibbs. And Alfredo is good. But I don't think it's is as good as the Mad Lib Gibbs joint. And uh-huh. Alfredo is with Alchemist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Alchemist beats. And I generally I like Alchemist, but I don't think he's a good match for Freddie. Um, yes, in the same way, I, agree. I think uh, the type of beats that Freddie really shines on, I just he, they didn't get into that zone. Um, but it's still it's still good, right? Like. If you compare this to any random album, this is going to be better than than most albums. Um, but I Absolutely. would be coming off of the last the uh, the last couple. This, this was a bit of a oh, this is fine, <laughs> but it wasn't yeah. like yeah, yeah oh my god Freddie Gibbs unbelievable you know. Yeah, I agree, and, it, and everybody else loved it. I just didn't like it that much. I liked it a lot. I didn't like it as much as everybody else. Okay. Um, and then I think we talked a little bit about Detroit too before. Um, yeah, I love Detroit too. I love Detroit too. Yeah. Detroit too is one of my favorite albums of like the last five years. Um, oh. I enjoyed that one that much. Yeah, and this is again with uh, one thing that I didn't talk about too much in the review, but I I know you can appreciate is like the interlude, like an album's interludes, which. Yes. I had thought for a long time was just a lost thing. Like people just didn't care because they don't listen to albums. So they're like, what's an interlude? <laughs> it's just a random yeah. track that's going to come up when I, um, when I'm listening to something on, uh, <laughs> on shuffle. Right. And so to, to now when people are probably actually listening to full albums to have like the Dave Chappelle interlude, yes. right. In the big Sean album where you're just like, Oh, you know, it just sets the mood and it allows, it just shows you that, that the full, I don't know uh, how to describe it, but it just shows you the depth of, of the artists, the relationships they built, and it gives you just a better uh-huh. background on, on what you're listening to. So I, I appreciated all of the, the Badu, the Chappelle, all those interludes on Detroit too. really, really hit, like he hit it on the head with those. I agree. And I, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but like, a great album just like has a vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. just has a cohesiveness and yeah. interludes can like like be the glue of a good album or they can like yeah. totally like separate it. You know what I mean? Like and just mm-hmm. just make it seem disjointed. And his interludes yeah. really kinda got to the core of what he was trying to convey with the whole just like this is about my city, this is about my growth, this is about the growth of my city. And yeah. within that, I'm going to have folks kind of talk about how they love my city, folks who aren't necessarily from my city, um, mm-hmm. you know, and Badu and, and Chappelle. But then also, you know, having Stevie, who was a vet from Detroit, yeah. And, um, yeah, just talking about the impact of the city on him. And so, you know, just that whole piece of it, you know, calling back to Dilla and, you know, just bringing yeah. in just a lot of, like, the, the vibe is just so strong with that album for me. Um, you know, you, you kind of get you kind of feel what he's trying to convey about Detroit and, and his upbringing and his story and his whole arc right now. So 
the interludes yeah. play a huge part in that. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you can't listen to that on shuffle. You have to listen to that from beginning to end because it's it's coherent. It's like a Kendrick album. If you just switch it around, you're going to be like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yes. So you got to be listening together. All right. Um, all right, conference finalists. So this is uh, Nuggets and the Celtics. And so these are at least one album we talked about uh, significantly because it was an event. Uh, and another one that I think we talked about less, but I – I've been nonetheless enthralled with. So uh, a written testimony, Jay Electronica. Um, so when this album dropped, I think we had to do like an emergency pod because we were like, it, it's happening. It's really happening. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, this, so with Tadapa Labor and Repeat, you know, if you want to hear us wax poetic about this, look up um, the previous Hustle of Foes where we covered this uh, for a good 40 minutes. Um Electron, he's he's a, a lyrical wizard. His flow is unique. It is, you know, it's it's a dense concepts, but it's not unapproachable. It's um, he's kind of a he's a he's a talent, uh, almost like people talk about um, Jokic, right? It's just you're not used to a big man that can do all these things. You're not really used to a guy that is, you know, obtuse but also really relatable and a lyricist, but also someone that's got a really uh, sublime sense of flow. And so have, just hearing a whole album with him was great. Jay-Z was on it a lot. <laughs> um, I thought it, it felt more like an Iron Man, you know, featuring Capadonna Raekwon versus like they're both. It was Jay Electronica's album, but Jay-Z was like, I'm on a lot of it, but I thought it added to it. And, um, you know, overall it was great. You know, the big thing for me was, you could tell this was a monkey off of his back, like getting this album out. He couldn't do it. He just was having an issue. And now that it's out, I almost feel like, okay, now, man, you can just release stuff. There's no pressure. Like if you release an album next year, people aren't going to be like, Oh, stop everything. We got to, it'll be like, Oh, let's, let's hear it. You know? And with the expectations lowered, maybe now we'll get more music from him, or at least that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this um, with Jay, uh, and I feel like every, you know, every like seven to eight years, we get a lyricist who comes out and who embodies all those qualities that you talk about. Like, I I, I take it back and think about a guy like Cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Eminem, and then, you know, you go to a Lupe fiasco. And then you go to Jay Electronica. And the thing that I would encourage folks to do is really enjoy this, right? Because I think there's a sweet spot with those lyricists where they have that, that like, right amount. Like, the, 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 the chemical mixture is just all perfect, right? You got the relatability, but you still got the high-level lyricism. You got a dope flow. They still are making, like, songs that people can connect with without, like, having an encyclopedia in front of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I think, like, my hope is that this leads to, like, uh, a run of Jay just kind of getting stuff out while he's in the zone. Um, yeah. Because I think that's for, – for guys like that, I think that's really important before, like, the Zeke guys passes them by and they just don't mm-hmm. have that, like, relatability. Because the relatability, I think, is the first thing to go. And then yeah. they, get, they lean too heavily on their lyricism, and then they lose, like, the average catch. 
or just cast it yeah. just like I just want to listen to a song. It's like give me a vibe. <laughs> like I, I get the lyrics, and I, I, there's times when I want to hear that, but then there's times where I just want to vibe. And yeah, that's where those that's where those guys tend to lose you as they kind of grow more as artists. Um, they kind of lean more heavily on that. So like my hope is that Jay starts to dig in and like really put some stuff out. The flip side of this is that I feel like Kendrick may have entered into that headspace of just like not being able to get something out. And mm. because it's been so long, people are expecting something super dope. And yeah. that that can be crippling. And so to see yeah. Jay come out of that space and finally get something just in people's hands and in people's ears, my hope is that, you know, like he can keep it going. And my hope is that Kendrick doesn't get stuck in that space. Cause I, that's how I'm, I'm getting that vibe from him. Like, yo, you should have dropped this. You should have dropped this year, but you did. Yeah. And so yeah. either you got something like that's going to be super fire or you're stuck. <laughs> mhm. That's interesting. Uh, it's, it's very true. Um, enjoy it, Wally Kid, because you never know. And it's the same. Like, I I went back to this a few times because I was like, I know it's easy to be like, all right, I listened to that album. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, really listen to it because it's new. It's here. It's what he created right now, and it's it's really good. Um, and I don't yes. know when we'll get another one. It might be 2029. Who the hell knows? So Yeah, and who knows? And then <clears throat> when another next one comes out, who knows what it will be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so this is out. This is good. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would love to. Um, I would love if he got with. Um, if he got with a producer that could really, uh, that could really focus him. It, it would be good. I don't know who that producer would be, because you know, Jayla. He's he's definitely someone that everyone says is like he's great, but he's kind of hard to read and he's all over the place. But if he could get with one. Artists almost like how, because Jay Z was also like this for a while, and um, it took uh, what's his name, No ID, to really be like, all right, no, seriously, we're gonna make an album. That's <laughs> like that's who I was thinking. That, that was the first name that yeah. came to mind. Honestly, that was the first yeah. name that came to mind was No ID as like the guy that I think, because he's worked with Jay, he's worked with Calm, he's just like helped guys who mm-hmm. are a little bit like, who kind of get in their own way sometimes, get out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know he's Phil Jackson, he can, the coach, not the yes, GM. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the other side, uh, the other conference uh, finalist is uh, Run the Jewels, RTJ Four, and um, this one, you know, these probably the the album that's probably built best with just two MCs just rapping. That would that's kind of what they've been doing for the last four albums. Um, the part that I really liked about it is, and you can tell again, they recorded stuff post pandemic and post, um, you know, social unrest. And so this album is just dripping with all of the emotions that I think folks are feeling like anger, fear, um, kind of being trapped in the house and being like, I just want to yell and go crazy. And they kind of just captured all of that into you know, these 11 tracks, and then they just put stuff out, and it's just back and forth. They're a group, right? They're, they're really a group. They're not just two guys who rap together. Like, you can tell they actually vibe together. And um, when it when it works, it's just really, really good. I think there's maybe a couple of less notable tracks towards the end of this album, 
Um, but I'd be nitpicking. Um, but the first like four or five, it just it's it's unlike any other album that that came out this year. That, yeah, I'm with you, um, and not because you know my best friend is a DJ, but it is like because as you said, like they they actually like come up with this stuff together. You know what I mean? Like it's not just, like mm-hmm. they are intertwined in each other's existence in a way that I think you know, given the racial makeup of the group, is impactful. And mm-hmm. it, it also um, creates a bit of synergy around certain issues, particularly political issues that they can talk about in a way that I think is, is missing from a lot of rappers today, where it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like highly conceptual and, and thinking about, you know, race and, and, and social, social issues and things like that, but it's still grounded. It's still relatable. Yeah. It's still digestible. Um, and they mm-hmm. do it in a way where it's like, I ain't forgetting I'm a rapper, so I'm gonna make mm-hmm. you bang. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I, I, you, you didn't come here, you didn't come here, you know, for an NPR segment. You came here, <laughs> you know, to, to nod your head, and I'm not forgetting mm-hmm. that. You know, which you know, when we think about kind of rapping that vein, you know, particularly from like the you know the the late '90s, early 2000s, it was very much like I'm gonna give you all this information and all this knowledge and. I'm going to layer in all these concepts and these ideas, and you might nod your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, where for them, the head nod is just as important as everything else, and it's just a good mixture of all those things. And, you know, again, I, we talked about this when, when it came out a little bit, um, when we first talked about this earlier in, the, in or toward the end of this year or early, you know, during the summer. For me, this was like that – this – crystallized and, and, and captured just all of the, 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 the many feelings that, you know, as a black man, you know, you, I was kind of feeling it and kind of, uh, it turned it into sound. It turned all those feelings into sound. Um, mm-hmm. And when you have a piece of art that kind of does that for you, uh, it, it's therapeutic. So this was a impactful album for me, for sure. So I'm glad it's pretty high on your list. Yeah. And this is one that I think is getting a lot of accolades for for similar things. You know, once, halfway through the summer, I started thinking about, like, all right, who's making music for the people? Like, who who are the mm-hmm. artists that are like, oh, I'm going to start talking about police. Finally, and it was like, man, I don't, there's really not much. As, as far as known artists, there were a lot of kind of unknown artists doing things. And Run the Jewels was kind of stands out to me as one of the few – pieces that you said that really was trying to be like a public enemy ish um, kind of uh, storyteller and, and, and mirror to the people. And so I appreciated that. And for sure, that's one of the reasons that it's uh, it's up there. All right. Last two. Um, one, if anybody's followed this, uh, they'll, they'll probably know who the champion is, but um, the runner up, uh, and I cheated a little on this, so this is the heat. You did, um, you and did. Because thought... <laughs> as I was a little. through, I was like, "Whoa, he ain't got none of Griselda on here yet." <laughs> I just threw them all at the I was like, and, I'm gonna and have I to send this. him a text real quick. That he, this dude, I know he didn't have some sort of oversight. <laughs> I put I, there's a filter on my on my Spotify. It does not let Griselda. No, um, so for me, the runner up was, and I put the whole Griselda crew, if I had to choose one, 
it would be burden of proof. I think burden of proof is that good. And it's yes. uh, some of it is because having heard Benny the Butcher for a long time, like this was for me like, whoa, okay, he can do this? He can make this yeah. kind of album? Like this is this is impressive, right? And I, I was almost a little surprised. I don't I don't want to discount him. I was surprised at how good it was. Um but, you know, they are all on each other's stuff. And so I thought, Who Made the Sunshine, West Side Gun, and From King to a God, the Conway album. I put them all in here. Um, in partic- and the reason I cheated was because of who the runner-up was in the bubble, the Miami Heat, which was a team that people were like, oh, they're good. But, like, are they- at the beginning, you know, the beginning of the playoffs, where people have been like, oh, they're better than the Celtics? They're better than the Bucks." I'm like, nah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, they are better than the Bucks, right? Like when you, again, strip away everything and you're really just focused now on who can make, you know, really good, coherent albums that are listenable, that are well-produced, that have an identity and don't have, you know, in my view, like those, those gaps. Um, and that's what I think, um, you know, this crew did. Plus, they just put out so much material. I mean, they put a lot of stuff out in 2020. And, um, you know, and I think it, it really matched. So that's why I cheated and put them all in there. If, if you know, gun to my head, had to pick one, it, I would have put burden of proof. And I probably still would have put it as the runner-up as, like, my, like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Much like people were like, oh, I didn't see the heat in the in the finals. But here they are. And, um so yeah, Gris- yeah. Burn the proof would be Jimmy. That would be Jimmy Butler. Okay, you know what that's I mean? that Jimmy. Would be Jimmy Butler in the Butler in the bubble. <laughs> that's that's Benny. Benny was Jimmy Butler in the bubble, and that whole yeah. That's what Burn the Proof is. Where it's like I knew he was good, but I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one of my favorite moments in the album is uh, the track with Freddie Gibbs, and yes. uh, Gibbs is just doing the uh, he's doing the hook. And then you could tell Gibbs was probably like in a studio, like, yo, I got a rap on this, right? And so then he throws yeah. his verse on at the end and he even says, like, I wasn't going to rap, but I got to hop on this because that's how good this track was. And yeah. uh, so at that moment, I felt like that was a guy saying, like, yo, did you hear what this dude is saying in the booth? I got to get on this. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that was like a vibe you get from the whole album. That was one of my favorite moments of that joint. Yeah, that. So I, I agree with you. I think the collective, you know, um, Conway, Westside, Benny, I mean, they're just all killing it right now. And and it is really all all the things that, you know, as hip-hop heads, you want in 2020 from just, like, a rap group. Like, a, a rap group that is really, really good. Just, like, all mm-hmm. the members are really, really good, really, really talented, they all have an amazing ear for beats and just like creating projects. And Benny mm-hmm. took his to another level. Um, Cause I think this was the one where I was listening to it and I'm like, yo, like hip boy should have given half of these beats or not. <laughs> what is wrong with not? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's right. We traded text on this and it was like, yeah, I think this, this, this album and this is another allusion to, to the heat. This album was good, but it also just showed how bad some other albums were. <laughs> so yes. it's almost like yes. the way uh, the way they ran through uh, who did they sweep? Milwaukee. Did they sweep the Bucks? <laughs> oh yeah, the way they swept the Bucks. Yeah, you know, the way they swept the Bucks was almost like not only 
do we forget how do we have to recognize how good the Heat are? But we also gotta be like, yo, what the hell is going on with the bar? And that was the Nas album. After this, listen to this, I was like, nah, Nas, no, this is all on you, fam, because yeah, <laughs> another rapper, producer, and this is a classic. And I don't know what you're doing. So you're right. It was it was it was the the double the double blow. That's how good Bird the Proof was. Like it was literally like I was going through track. I was going through the track. I'm like, wait a minute, Hit Boy did this one, and Hit Boy did this one, and Hit Boy did this one. Like, did he not get shown on it? Did he not listen? To it? <laughs> Let Nas listen to these beats. Like, what? What the hell was Nas thinking? <laughs> like, this is the album Nas should have made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when people have been telling me like, oh, you heard this new Nas? I was like, it's alright, it's alright. You know what I'm saying? This is alright. But have you listened to Bird of Proof? And that's what I push into everyone. Yes. And then they're like, yo, this is like, oh, tuna. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, and, and what I think Benny did was like, he legitimized himself as like, not just like, okay, some underground cats that could rap or just like some low key cats who could rap and, you know, they pick certain. He, I feel like he solidified himself as like a legitimate, like, yo. Not only, and not not necessarily in the mainstream sense of things, but just like from a like a a, a hip hop canon kind of a perspective, the purest kind mm-hmm. of perspective. Like this is a dude you got to take seriously as like he's he's really in the mix for like one of the top spots right now, mm-hmm. as far as like when you talk about best rappers out. Like he's mm-hmm. this album to me puts him in that mix because it, it again it, it has everything. And I think this yeah. is an album, Burden of Proof, that probably would have popped different if we weren't mm-hmm. quarantined. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would have been bigger than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From just, like, an overall perspective. That's true. That's true. Yeah, this is all riding around, riding around music. This is music. I mean, my ride-arounds are few and far between. I'm just going to the uh, grocery store these days. But, man, me mugging the whole way. You know, yeah, yeah. Like this is this is a whole workout. Like I mean, you could just throw this on and just like start throwing stuff around, heavyweight. <laughs> just start throwing weights around, kettlebells, all that. Indeed. Um, so yeah, it's crazy that East Coast, the uh, you know that the heartbeat for East Coast rap is is Buffalo. You know, um, I don't think I would have seen that. How you feel about either. that? How you feel about that as a Brooklyn guy? It's it's fine. It's fine because the the stuff that was out before, even the stuff Castell come from Brooklyn, it was like this is fine, but this is like this is not me. This this must be for another generation, right? Like, uh, you know, I just couldn't get into um, you know to the mumble rap, the trap rap, like those. But these these are guys who are obviously children of um, yeah. Wu Tang. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, West Side Gun's whole delivery is, like, this high-energy, high-pitch, and it goes perfectly uh-huh. with the more subdued flows of of Benny. And, yeah, everything about it is great. So I'm, <clears throat> you know, part of me probably I'm pridefully like, man, this is a shame. But I ain't mad. As soon as you hear it, you're like, nah, if, if this is what it takes, then so be it. Um, and having this spent most of my college college days in upstate New York riding around, I had more in common with cats in Rochester, Buffalo, Albany than I thought I would have when I moved up there. I was like, man, this is upstate. And then you realize, like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's gritty as hell up here, too. 
Yeah, it, it, it's, it's very yeah. similar. We all live in rough. Yeah, exactly. So I I celebrate it. It's it's good, and and they they know what they're doing. All right. Um, and the last but not least, um, the champion, the Lakers. It's um it's one of those like uh it wasn't a surprise. I mean, I think the Lakers were favorites throughout. Um, and this is uh, Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God, Busta Rhymes album, which released uh, right in late October. This was something, you know, we talked about Jay Electronica's delay. This was also, you know, in the works for quite a while. I'm trying to remember, what was um, Busta's real, his last, like, actual release of an album? I think it might have been, like, 2010 Ooh. or 2011. Yeah, I'll, let me let me effort that real quick. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, it was like that album that you're kind of like, oh, okay, is this an album? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But the last one I really remember was like in the mid 2000s. And so yeah, give me one second, like I have it, it for you. Okay, it felt like so. Yeah, it, like I had been waiting on the Big Bang 2006. Yeah, exactly. Like he had so, the back on my BS, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to that one. That, that and that was, was 2009. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And that was still 2009, right? So that was still 10 years yeah. ago. And that was as close yeah. as we got. And so he had been on features and had been on stuff, and then his label and all this other stuff. So this was there was also a lot of you know rumors bubbling a few years ago. It's coming. Bus is it's going. He's gone crazy in the booth. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. This it was almost like a you know a, a ghost story. So that when it finally came out for it to be as good as it was um, to me was just, I don't know. I'm still, I, I still, as I was going through them all, I would kind of re-listen to the albums and I would get stuck on Buster's album. Just like, oh, I want to listen to this. I just wanted to listen to it over and over and over again. I think it's that good. There's way too many tracks on this. It needs to be like 15. <laughs> um, so it's not a, uh, it's not a perfect album. It's not an opus. It's not, uh, you know, uh, the black album just cause it's too long. It's more blueprint too. It's like, if you gave me 10, it'd be 10 great songs, but because you gave me 23, there's a lot of just really not great songs, but when it's good, it's, it's incredible. I mean, the fact that you have Rockham, Rick Ross, Anderson, Kendrick, and Busta Rhymes is not only matching them, and really out-rapping them. I don't think he lost a, a feature on this, but he's also doing it like kind of on their own turf, right? This is like uh, me saying like, oh, okay, Rick, you do like the, the boss boss rap. Okay, uh, let's, let's do a track that's just perfect for you, and I'm going to outdo, I'm going to out-Rick Ross you on this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is kind of these virtuoso performances throughout the album that um, really I, I just, had forgotten um the last thing on this and this came to me as i was talking to my younger brother who's a musician and he's a vocalist and you know Buster's voice really can't be it can't be understated how important his voice is and really might be one of the greatest voices in rap history just someone that's able to do just about anything you know people talk about oh i got a lot of different styles Buster really has a lot of different styles and he's good at all of them um, he can do the tracks where he's singing. He can do the tracks where he's hype, where he's deep, where he's thoughtful, 
when he's angry, um, and he can bring the volume up, down. He can do anything. And so he's always got that in his stash, right? He's always got that extra gear that he can go to that other people can't go to. He can rap fast. He can wrestle. He can do all that stuff. And so this is like looking at LeBron in year 16 or so, whatever year it is, and being like, oh, he can still do whip-around passes on the go. He can still dunk on people. He can still hit a three, fade away. Like, he can do all those things um, even at his age. And, it, you know, it's impressive. And so this this was the champion for me. Yeah, I I, I I will not argue with this as a champion. You know, we've talked about this one, and like I said, I, I haven't bugged on an album like this in years. And the first 12 tracks, I was like losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love what you said about how with the with the guest spots, like he put people in their element and then outdid them. Right. And that's always one of my critiques with a rapper like the game. Like, I feel like the game tries to do that sometimes, but then he Mm -hmm. winds up, winds up sounding like he's trying to sound like that rapper. Yeah. And what the beauty about Buss is that, as you said, Buss can do so many styles that he doesn't have to like try and, you know, swipe your flow while you're still there. Like he can do his own version of you. You know what I mean? Of your thing. Like he can do that. And he can do it well because it's him. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. it's just, it was just amazing. He gave you so many, like, tones and colors and flavors and just different levels of energy throughout, but it was still just so crisp, on point, and just ferocious that, man, it was, it was a good-ass album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, 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 was, uh, I was happy with, with, um, you know, the way it kind of played out. Because I thought, like, all right, well, Bust is definitely a champion. And it's not a sexy pick, but it's the obvious pick to me um, for a lot of the same reasons that the Lakers were the obvious pick in the bubble. Like, when, it, when you again, you strip everything away. You know, because if, you know, if, if they had to do – if it wasn't bubble and people had to travel back and forth, I, I don't know if the Lakers make it out the way they did. Right? Like, it was kind of right. set up perfectly for – Anthony Davis and LeBron James to be able to carry a team in the way that they had. Um, and, you know, all their bench guys like Caruso could go off because, you know, he's playing in an empty arena. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. On a he doesn't have to go on the road. <laughs> he doesn't have to go on the road, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, so it, 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 it was perfect. I think this might be one that regardless of when it released, I think it still would have hit me. But I think it became an event because it was just so quiet, because it was just a, 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 a missing element. And so people were just waiting for someone to fill the void. And Buster kind of came in, and he's the perfect person to fill that void. And he kicked the door down. I mean, the energy, yeah, yeah just the whole, yeah, he, he did stuff. And, and, and the piece about it that I think is just super – profound and, and should not be lost on people is that he did things that he's done before in ways that he hadn't done them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the high energy tracks, like he's mm-hmm. done high energy tracks before, but the high energy tracks on ELE two were different than the mm-hmm. ones before. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes artists who have such an extensive catalog get caught up in doing that. Like 
they create a similar song to one of their previous hits, and it's like, yeah, but you yeah. did that before. And when you did that before, it was better. Where he did things that he had done before, but he like, and he like we talked about this. It was a Busta Rhymes album in 2020, and not Busta Rhymes trying to make 2020 music. You yeah, know? exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Hey, that, hey. That, it's yeah. just it's super dope. The the um the Kendrick Lamar track and I know we don't agree on this. I I haven't heard a track that moved me like that in a long time. I listen to that one just on repeat all the time. Um and I love the Master Far Muhammad with Rick Ross. That's also yes. one that yes. um Yes. That's what's crazy. And the video oh that's the and sorry, last lesson. And then the videos that he did he did videos for like five of them. And the videos are crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just like motion pictures, all of them. And it also yeah, you put me like, on it. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like oh no, he's an artist. He's a full full on artist. So this this was this was beautiful. I can't wait till 2022 when I can actually go to a concert again and maybe see him perform these live. That that'll be that'll be good fun. <laughs> did we did we did, did we? I can't remember. Did we declare this his best? Is this his best project? Um, I I don't know. I, I can't remember I if we still, if we made that if we made that declaration. I I know I wouldn't have because I have hesitation every time I think about it. And the one that for me that always sticks out is uh, when disaster strikes. <clears throat> yep. Yes. As that one got me through junior year. <laughs> that one got me through yeah. junior year, man. That's uh, that track. I know. I listen to that so much. I know every. I know, like, the places in the skits where they messed up and they still left yeah. it in. Like, I still have those ones. That's how good that album was. This one might not be on that level because, now, I've made a playlist, and that playlist has the 14 tracks that I like. But, man, occasionally I listen to, like, that Mariah Carey song, and I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, boy. oh, no. Yeah. I can't. Anything with this on it cannot be. His best album yeah. of all time. There's some really. Yeah, I remember bad my, my my funniest when disaster strikes moment was I was uh I was, so I'm junior I'm about a junior high school and we get ready to mm-hmm. you know play a game. It's the winter and you know the varsity. I'm on varsity. We sitting up in the stands and we all got our headphones in and we all listen to whatever. And I'm singing the fa la 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 fa la 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 la. And one of my teammates was like, "You sing? You listening to Christmas music?" I was like, "Come on, bro." <laughs> I was like, you ain't up on that buster. <laughs> but the whole album like, for me, man. You really out here listening to he Michael Bublé? He, he looked at me crazy. He looked at me crazy. He was like, dude, are you listening to Christmas music? And I was like, come on, man. I ain't listening to no Christmas music. <laughs> that, but yeah, man, that, that's so many. Yeah. Yeah, that that, uh, I had forgotten about strikes, those. I think you're right. Those kind of things. I saw a video of him kind of talking about how he put songs together, and he was talking about how, you know, back in the 90s, you didn't get R&B. You didn't want to have R&B cats on your albums singing because that was thought to be like you sold out. And so as a result, he was like, I had to just sing these things. And it was just hilarious to me because I was like, here's a lot of the, the, the album moments that I remember most on Bust Albums are when he was just singing crazy stuff because I was just yeah. like, this is hilarious. Like, no one does this. 
and the reason he did it was because he was like, well, I want to lose my street cred by having like uh, Casey and JoJo come on my album and sing this. So I'm going to sing it. And, uh, right. and I was like, oh, okay. So you were scared of losing your street cred. And because of that is why not only did we get all those classics from the 90s, but is why he's so gifted and can do stuff now that other artists just can't do. Right. And so right. I was like, man, that's why he did it. And like, and you know, he's 91, 92, right. He's talking about like, you know, and I cats looked at me like, no, 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 you can't bring on R and B people up on your albums. And he's like, okay, I'll just sing it. Yeah. Okay. I'll just figure it out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. This is how it's going to be though. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the wrap up, man. That's, uh, um, I tried to, I was laughing with Phil. I said, I'm going to try to keep it shorter this year. People ain't got time. And it's really not that much shorter than it's past. I get into and, it and, and honestly, I just have too people much ain't stuff. got nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I was like, all right, if, if anyone wants to know, it's at least three hundred words shorter than uh than previous years. So it's a it's an easier read. Um and I, I I put links in there, um so if you have Spotify you and you hear and there's a song there that uh, you're like, Oh, I wonder what, what he means by this, you can kinda click click them and and um and listen. Because I know a lot of folks are like, I haven't listened to, I don't listen to much hip hop, but I, you know, you say these things are good. Let me listen to it. So I want to put all that out there. I want every, we're a big tent here at RSG. So I want uh, the heads that have listened to this 10 times, 100 times, and people who are like, hmm, what's this hip hop I've been hearing about? I want all of y'all to, uh, right. to engage. So uh, I so do you, love the Ebony Ma reference. In the, in the, oh, I do man. love the Ebony Ma reference. That's so dope. <laughs> That was exactly how, every time I heard Chris Rock, I was like, yo, this is Ebony Ball. Just like, you should be gracious. Thanos. Yes, yes. That's exactly the scene that was going on in my head when you and I read that. You are all so, now uh, children of Thanos. <laughs> he has one choice. He was like, you can tell Rock was just in there. Just so he's like, like Bartles and James. Like McDonald's. Yes. I was like, I don't know. He's like, there's a lot of folks. You've been knowing him a long time. <laughs> I was man, like, my, okay, kids, Rock, my kids don't even understand, man. It's like, my kids, they don't, they, they haven't grown up with interludes of that nature. And so every time, it, you know, I make them listen to this stuff because they just need to know. Um, and yep. so, you know, they're listening to it and they're like, why is he saying this stuff? <laughs> what does that even mean, Dad? <laughs> no one knows. It's provocative. <laughs> Gets the people right. going. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, which is um, which is the beauty of it, um, of it too. So yeah, man, that's uh, that was Ty Ball in twenty twenty. Um, all in all, I think music wise, we got a lot of good music. Um, it was just different, and I actually appreciate it because uh, you know what, I'm not nineteen years old in the clubs, so you know this kind of music does does uh, speak to me, but. I honestly hope and pray we get more uh, party music in the future because <laughs> that means we might actually be partying yeah. in the future. Yes, that means we can have parties. <laughs> with yeah. You. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, where can people find it? Where else can people find it other than RSG to find uh, the review? Um, so uh, I'll be, we'll be blasting it on social media. So my Twitter, at Sekou, S-E-K-O-U, Burmese, B-E-R-M-I-S-S, at Twitter, um, and then on all the RSG feeds, uh, we'll be posting links to uh, the pod and the article. So whether you uh, want to read because you can't listen or you can't read and you just want to listen, either way. Big tip. 
There you go. There you go. <laughs> so we, we that's 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 it. That's 2020 wrapped up. Uh, we'll see y'all on the other side of this thing. 2021. You know, hopefully things are looking up. <laughs> wear wear <laughs> mask. Uh, Stay in the house. Yeah, wear your mask. Stay close. You know, take see the lessons and the growth that 2020 <laughs> gave us, and let's let's yeah. make 2021 pop a little harder than 2020 did. I mean, nine months in the For house. Sure. Oh man, <laughs> that's whack. Oh man. So, when was the last time you shot a basketball? Oh, I still get I still get some shots up. I just ain't been coaching nobody. I ain't been able to teach nobody how to play basketball. Oh, you, oh, you, but, right, you have the keys to the gym, so you can get in there and just yeah, uh, yeah, I can, do yeah, what I you want to do. In there and, yeah, so I need it, a gym. It, uh, I need a gym. Badly. Yeah, I'm living a privileged life a right basketball. now. <laughs> So you you're yeah, the I only like one. You, you're not gonna be somebody. like Dante Exum out here. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be looking like Dante no. Exum in about two months. <laughs> I gotta catch a Cavs game just to see because I've been a Dante Exum fan for a minute, man. And I always root for that cat to like figure it out and put it together. But if he done put on thirty pounds, I gotta jump off the bandwagon. I gotta leave that island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of who he was. Like, yo, for real though, he looks like <laughs> You'll get this reference. He looks like Boris a young Clarence. No, a young Clarence Witherspoon. That's what I'm looking like. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's too like bad, just, man. That might be the end of his career. Yo, like, Alfred yeah, Payton. That might, Alfred Payton was out there beating him to the spot. And I was like, man, if Alfred uh, Payton is beating you to the spot, that's yeah, not a good sign, bro. Because Alfred can't shoot, so you got to give. You can give him like. Two to three feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he should. You you got a head start to the spot. <laughs> yes. So that that was uh, that was unfortunate, but that's it. We can talk about your bucks uh, uh, next time. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's still a work in progress. I, I it, but 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 the issue. It, it's evident. It is so evident. But the issue. <laughs> mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be patient. Change? I'm gonna be patient and see how this evolves, because maybe they just got their base stuff in. Again, they had like a three day training camp, so like I'm not trying to judge too much, but it looks like the same old, same old. But it's a lot of new guys. It's a lot of new guys, though. Um, When you really boil it down, I mean, like the rotation is that guys that are back from last year's rotation. You really got uh, Lopez, Giannis, Middleton. DiVincenzo, and all the other rotation guys are new. Um, so they're new, they're new vets, but they ain't been in yeah. one system. And so it just all looks really vanilla. And, like, with the, the adjustments and the movement and all those things that you're hoping to see aren't there. Yeah. And Giannis is still getting the ball at the top of the key, and everybody's looking at him just like, take him. And it, it just don't yeah. work like that. <laughs> this is not middle school. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, they traded everything for Drew Holiday, and I was like, "That's that's not going to be enough." They traded everything for Drew Holiday and Giannis. <laughs> that's not that's gonna how you got to look at that. But yeah, no, I, I I don't think it's going to be unless Giannis starts hitting thirty four, thirty five percent from three. Man, you can see it already. The the formula for the playoffs is just yeah. build the wall and dare some of these mugs to to beat you. And Drew Holiday ain't that dude. Yeah, 
he almost needs like yeah. a Kyrie. He needs a guy that's like, oh, if you're going to spend time on him, I'm literally going to have 50. Right? Like, yeah. I'm literally going to embarrass you. Drew Holiday's not doing that. Yeah, He'll he have needs a, like a, a gentlemanly 19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Giannis needs like a nuclear weapon. Somebody is just like, hey, yo, if you don't pay attention to me, I'm going to blow all of this up. <laughs> like, I'm going scorch earth. <laughs> um, Why did they move? Like... We, we are, again, I need, a, I need maybe more background because it seemed like they. Was this what really got him to sign the Supermax? Drew Holiday? Was that what it took? I mean, that, and on top of that, I think it's a lot about his personality. He is very much like. I'm a bet on myself. I don't need to go anywhere. I believe in the organization. And ultimately, honestly, his biggest issues are him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the team's lack of playoff success is not the organization's fault that he can't shoot a 15-footer. That's not, you know. And, and so, like, I think there's a piece of him that gets that. Um, okay. Right. Yeah, I think there's a piece of him that understands that, like, like teams aren't guarding, teams aren't, sitting in the paint because the organization don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just because you can't shoot, dog. And so I think there's a piece of that where it's like, you know, if I – and he has that mentality, like, if I do what I'm supposed to do, we're going to win. Um, mm. And I think that's, that's the perspective that he's taken. Um, mm. Because I think that's just how he's wired. Um, he's a hard – I mean, he's, he's the type of guy, if you're a small market team, you want him to be your superstar because he is – he is about all the right stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So I just don't know if he. I just don't know if they're gonna get it done. I just don't know if but he's if, gonna get it done in Milwaukee. Um, if that was I, the case, think, if you were Giannis, though, wouldn't you be like, you know what? I, Drew Holiday sounds good, but why don't we just hold on to those six draft picks and maybe see if something doesn't pop off? Like someone can't be had at the. Like, it, they just seemed like they were under duress to make that trade for Giannis. But my sense was like yes. Giannis was going to sign, not because they did that trade, but just, like, just continue to show him, like, hey, we're trying, we're going to do this, here's our plan. And he'd be like, all right, I'm in. So then why did they pull off that, that trade? That's, it, was, it was just nuts. It was desperation. Well, I mean, and they screwed think, up the other one and had to give yeah, the, 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 the pick back. The I mean, yeah, the screwing up the other one is really the, the, the bad one. Like, I, the Drew Holiday trade, I get. Like, you want all those picks that they gave up are probably going to be in the 30s as long as they got Giannis. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. going to be, like, a late, you know, 25 to 30 pick. Uh, they go win 50 games most years as long as they got Giannis. So, mm-hmm. like, the picks, I'm not really worried about the picks. I'm glad they got rid of Bledsoe. Um, getting rid of uh, George Hill – Along with that, that wasn't the greatest thing, but you'll take it um, if it gets you. Like, I, I do think Holiday is an upgrade over where they were with Bledsoe. Like, last year. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, you know, they had two guys you could count on, Giannis and Middleton. And now they have three. <laughs> so, yeah. you know I mean, in, in, in a game seven of a – in a crunch time in a game seven of a conference finals, last year they had two guys who you were like, that guy's going to be on the court. Now they have three which is an improvement. If they would have got Bogdanovich, that would have been four. Um, yeah. Even Chenzo has looked good so far this year. If he can keep it up, I mean, he might not be, he might be a player that they can count on in the playoffs. We'll see. He still has to do it in the playoffs, but he's looked good so far this season. So, 
But I, I Divincenzo. Think, you know, <clears throat> this is Lopez, where you are now. Divincenzo in a playoff game. Okay. This is where we gotta be. <laughs> this is where we gotta be. Because <laughs> even if they had gotten Bodanovich, if, even if they had gotten the uh, the uh, Kings deal to go through, they still their bench would have still been decimated, and they would have had to get a bunch of minimum dudes to fill out their bench. They would have had a really yeah. strong top first five, but it would yeah. have been an adventure after that. So. It, I mean, they were, they were hard-pressed to do anything super drastic without moving Middleton to begin with, and there really wasn't a great reason to move Middleton um, it, unless you were getting, like, a top 15 guy in return. And, you know, I mean, they could have waited and, and, and saw what they could get for Harden, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but – the Milwaukee's gentlemen, late night gentlemen establishments are not up to his standards. I don't think he'd be happy. No. And <laughs> you know what? He, he would destroy that team. I was thinking more yeah. Bradley Beal. I was thinking more like See, with Beal Russia, might be I don't available. Think Beal is going to go anywhere. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think they're going to be. I actually think Washington is going to be frisky. I think they're going to be competing for the play in and that seven eight spot in the East. I think they like when you look at Beal and Russ. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best roster as far as shooting goes and spacing goes that Russ has had to play with since those early Thunder years when KD and Harden were there. Like he's got their problem in Washington is they can't guard nobody. Yeah, um, they they got no they they can't play defense. But <laughs> you know Russ with spacing is always dangerous. Um, even in Houston last year, you know you could see you saw what he he was doing there. Mm-hmm. The last mm-hmm. before before he got COVID and, and then you know got into the bubble, um, yeah. You know he was averaging like thirty eight and eight on yeah. like fifty percent shooting. You know what I mean? So like he can definitely make stuff happen in that type of an ecosystem. It's just are they going to defend well enough? And, and I think if they are competing for the seven eight spot in the East, Bill is gone. They're going to keep Bill. Um, right. They'll keep him, and then run it back another year. I'm Bill. I'm getting out of there at ASAP. <laughs> I would. To, I mean, honestly, now I now would, it doesn't it's work. It's not but. going anywhere. Yeah, it's not going anywhere unless unless one of those young guys, Rui Hachimura or Denny Abdia, be like they showing in practice mm-hmm. that they got the capability to become something. Like it just there's no path up, and the East is just getting tougher each year. Like you know, last year was five teams deep. This year, sixteen deep. You know, yeah. next year with Atlanta getting another year under their belt. It's going to be seven teams deep. You know, it's just mm-hmm. getting deeper by the year. So, you know, it's only a matter of time before it's like, yeah, I just need to go somewhere else. Yep. Yep. And, you know, maybe maybe right. there is a way that they can flip uh, Middleton in a year or two for Beal. You know, it still could happen. No. You know, Middleton for Beal. No. You tra- that's a that's a center. And this is my whole point. Like, I think in the year next summer they could have been like – Beal gets bounced in the first round. He's like, you know what, I'm done. And you're like, all right, Washington, Beal and all those picks that we gave up for New Holiday. And now you have a killer. I don't think you're going to get that. I don't think Bill – I don't think you're going to get what you got for Drew Holiday. Like the players, Washington is going to want some stuff. And they're going to want – because they're going to go into a full rebuild where – New Orleans was just like, give us some picks that we can trade later, 
Washington is going to be like, we actually need a high pick because <laughs> we want we want some high picks because we need another star. You know, where New yeah. Orleans was like, we have stars. We got Ingram. We got Zion. We're good. Yeah. Like, give us yeah. some pieces, and then we'll take those picks in the 25s and, and, and whatever. I don't think those picks would have very much interest to Washington, who is just going to be like, yeah, what are we going to do with a pick in the 20 in, – in the tw- like, nobody – like, what are we going to do with that? <laughs> we got no traces. Like, that's good if you're going to tack it on to something, but we don't have anything to tack it to. <laughs> got it. All right. And they wouldn't have wanted Bledsoe. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't want Bledsoe. And we were – Milwaukee, Wisconsin is done with everybody. <laughs> and the whole, the the whole area was like, please leave. Go. Yeah, just just go, man. Just go. Just go. So, Well, I wish you good luck. I uh, look forward to see how the season play out. Maybe uh, – Maybe we'll put a, a beer bet on uh, the next Bucks uh, Knicks game. Cool, I'm down. And hey, the Knicks, man, this is a good draft. They got their pick, so you know, hopefully they can play the season the right way. All accounts, the t- there's six guys who you should win yeah. in this draft. So if you get in the top six, you got a chance of getting an All-Star at a franchise level guy. Which, hey. We need, yeah. And of course, as soon as you say that, I know we're gonna get the eighth pick again. <laughs> but now it's just like, hey, the six can't miss. So like, oh, and with the seventh pick, the Knicks. So you're like, just kill me now, just kill me. Now. I can see it already. It's happened three times already. I've, I'm. Uh, all right. And on that note, I'm out. <laughs> All right, bro. Take care, man. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.